What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Sitting Courtside, episode 15. Of course, it's your boy, Jerry D. And of course, it is me, Dante, with a mustache this week, yeah, yeah, Jerry, you know, like, with a mustache. So a little, you're seeing a little different side of me. Right, like I'm getting real stash club energy. Like I'm actually feeling Ooh. that through the screen right now. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's amazing, man. But, you know, speaking of that mustache, he's got everybody thunderstruck. Just like the rest of the NBA, baby. What an innuendo. Wow. <laughs> Look at you. Look at you going into the first topic. Yes, sir. Yeah. I'm reaching. I'm reaching. I'm trying to open up my bag of, like, you know, these one-liners and, and puns and stuff. But, yeah. Anyway. Those just like, just, like my, just like the Oklahoma City Thunder. Everyone is shocked about my mustache. And just like yeah. my mustache. Everyone's shocked about the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Thunder are looking good, man. The Thunder are looking Pretty good to start out the season fifth in the West through 17 games. Um, I think they were as high as I think they were top three at one point, right? Or top or second at one point. As, as early as last week, I believe they were second in the West at one point. So, yeah, as early as last week. And, you know, this isn't a, a one man army. Uh, you know, last year, Shea Gilgis um, led the charge, of course, um, had an incredible season, had had some help as well. But this year he has uh he has a running mate. He has a lot of help here. And Chet Holmgren is putting on a show to start his young NBA career. Um, he is on pace to have a 50-40-90 season while averaging two blocks. Uh, first time that would ever happen, uh, which is bonkers, considering that he could do that as a rookie. Yep. Um, SGA, going back to him, he's top five in scoring. I believe he's fourth uh, as of this recording with 30.5 points per game. Um, Jerry, the the Thunder, I'm obviously, and then, you know, they have their role players as well, guys that are, you know, contributing as well. But, uh, you know, just talking about SGA and Chet, what do you, you know, like, what do you see from the Thunder right now? Do you expect them to, like, hold up? Do you think they'll be a top top seed in the West when this is all said and done? How do you uh, predict the Thunder season to go? Yeah, I definitely think this this is a case where we're about to see, like, this super young team, I think their average age is, like, 23 24 25. ridiculous either way it's ridiculous it's younger than the both of us yeah <laughs> yep. just to see yep. them at this position at this point in the season we're almost a quarter of the way in and it's really giving me the vibes of like what we saw from the memphis grizzlies a couple years back right where mm-hmm. john moran came onto the scene with jaron jackson desmond bain they made a lot of noise yep. they made it to the western conference finals one year or whatever it was or the second round but they're they're just primed to just be really freaking good for the next few years or like the next several years because everybody's and and then you you get into the picks and everything like that too like that's just a whole nother a whole nother thing yep. this team is this team is built this team is built if done right this team we might be looking at the beginning of a brand new nba dynasty i i know it sounds crazy but like genuinely like they have the pieces they have the talent currently to construct a team that is sustainable for the next five to 10 years that and could be competing for championships. It's ridiculous. What I like a little bit better about this compared to like, like teams like the Celtics, how they have two wing players or even the Nuggets, how they have like, you know, Jamal Murray, Nikola Jokic. This is an even earlier version of like that because Mm -hmm. Chet is basically only a rookie and SGA is about like a four to five year player. Like we're, we're a lot earlier into like this pro- process of like where guys are at and what they yep. look like. And I think even at Very early. in their careers, 
Like, if you want to stack up Jokic's rookie year to Chet's, it looks like Chet could have a better rookie season. If you want to stack up Jamal Murray to, to SGA, looks like SGA is further along compared to where Murray was at. So it's, yep. it's kind of crazy. And we're not even talking about the other ancillary pieces, right? Both of the Jalen's. Uh, yep. Lou Dort, they got, they got a even Isaiah team. Joe, even the guys like Isaiah Joe has been doing well this year. Yep, like looking at their stats now. There's a rookie on the team whose name is escaping me, and I I apologize, but he's also hyper efficient. Another good role player to complement what the rest of the team is doing. So I'm actually very excited about where OKC is going. Like I, I to answer your other question, this is a playoff team. I think, yeah. I think a lot of us had them penciled in as a playing team. I'm like, yo, they're like probably a season or two out from actually Definitely. contending or competing. But no, the future is now. Like they could win an NBA title as the season kind of wanes on. Like I wouldn't doubt that Chet becomes a better player, that SGA becomes. A, everybody's so young on that team. Like I don't know who could become what when it's April. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this team, like you said, the future is so bright. Um, the sky's the limit for a team like this. I I said it, you know, uh, we were talking about the Thunder going into this year. I'm like, you know, they have the same roster constructed. They bring in Chet, and you just came off a season where you had a, you know, a Cinderella-like story where you went from being one of the worst teams in the league to making the play-in and winning a play-in game and one game out of making the playoffs. Yeah, You know, and no one expected that. And now you carry that experience that edge going into the season again you add chet i mean this team is looking great so far um i love how they're constructed i also believe that they are a playoff team um looking at the standings you know it's it's still early on uh you know we're still just not even a quarter of the way into the season but the way it's shaping up the from what we've seen so far from the thunder i think it is sustainable i don't think this is like a um you know, like great start to the season, they cool off. Like I think that they'll stay, they'll stay where they are, and they're. I think that if anything, they're only going to get better. They're not going to get worse. Yeah, kind of following it up there. Before we move on to the next topic, I mean, SGA had a top five MVP finish last season. Mm-hmm. Are we predicting the same thing for him this year? Does he actually win it this year, or like <laughs> what? What are we thinking for SGA here in terms of MVP? How, it would be fucking sick if he won it this year. It would be like it would be really fucking cool if he did. I mean, he's gonna be. I think he'll be in that top five threshold to win an MVP for sure. I mean, he's averaging over thirty again, um, six rebounds, six assists, and two and a half steals. So I mean, like, and a almost a block. Yeah, I mean, especially if the Thunder are doing well. I mean, I don't see why he wouldn't be considered to be an MVP candidate um would he be in that final three you know competing for the award at the end of the year you know that's that's going to be tough to kind of to you know skate your way into to kind of slide your way in there but I do think it is possible for sure I do think he's a he'll he he should be around that top five MVP candidate this year yeah for sure moving on from one uh, Cinderella-like team in the NBA in the Western Conference. Let's talk about another Cinderella team who made a very good run last year in the Western Conference, finishing as the third seed, the Sacramento Kings. Speaking of third, they are looking for a third star, Jerry. Um, they are in the trade mill rumors right now. There are some guys that are uh, that could be available in the next coming months that could be available now to trade for 
Um, and the Sacramento Kings could be looking for a third star to pair with uh, De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. And some of those targets, some of those stars that they could go after are Zach Levine, OG, and Anube. I always get this wrong. OG, how do you how do you pronounce his last name? I and an- Anobi. Ananobi. Okay. OG Ananobi. I always get that mixed up. And Pascal Siakam, his teammate in Toronto. Um, just these players alone, who do you think out of these three would fit best on the Kings? And is there someone else that maybe we aren't thinking about? We didn't mention that the Kings could go after for to fill that, you know, that big three spot there? Yeah. Uh, out of the three names that are that is listed, I think I definitely – I like Pascal the most. I think that's hmm. – the best, the best player up there for one, a former all-star, and a, probably definitely the best two-way player up there. Zach Levine is an offensive superstar. If the Kings just want to follow that trend of having an mm-hmm. overpowered offense, be my guest. Because that's what they kind of were last year. Best offensive efficiency rating ever, right? Whatever it was last year. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't stop a soul, which is why the Warriors ended up just going blow for blow with them and ended up winning that game. Yep. Trying to stop somebody is also a huge part of this game as well. So I'll probably etch out Zach Levine. I even seen a Donovan Mitchell post to it too, where I'm like, mm-hmm. eh, why? You get another miniature guard in the backcourt? So no, like I'm more so with OG or Pascal, but Pascal is the best player on the list. So I think it's a uh, pretty much a no brainer. If he's available, that's the guy you go out and get. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. I don't think the Kings should go after Zach Levine and kind of for the same reasons you say, like, I think at this point with their roster, how it's constructed, um, they don't need much more offensive power, even though adding another 20 point per game scores, it's great. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but you, you have your offensive weapons. You know what you get out of these guys. Now you should focus on the defensive side of things. So, so a guy that can add both, both sides of the ball, but really you you want a strong defensive presence there. You want a guy that could be like, kind of like your defensive anchor, the guy that your glue guy on defense. And I I do like Siakam. I do agree that he is the best player here. I mean, it really is dependent on what the value is for both of them. Because I think OG, yeah. even though Pascal is the better player, I think OG might have a higher trade value. I'm looking at their stats now. Pascal's averaging 27 and five assists a steal a game. OG's averaging 15, four rebounds, two assists, one steal a game. So obviously Pascal has the better numbers, um, but OG might be worth more because he's younger. So I really think it depends. Um, I personally think, I think OG's a better defensive player. Pascal overall, I think is a better player. So it's really about like bang for your buck, I guess, like which one they'd prefer. But I think it should, if out of these three players, it should be one of the forwards in Toronto that they go after. You don't. I don't think you need another scoring guard. You got Hoarder, and you also have Malik Monk, and, and those guys are perfect next to De'Aaron Fox. So keep yeah. it at that. And you know, there's still there's still Keegan Murray on the squad too, right? That could <laughs> right. still mm-hmm. develop into something later on. Davion Mitchell's probably going to be a trading chip within the deal. It really depends on what these guys are asking for too, like what players you'd have to give up. You'd have to package to get them as well. So you you have to think about, you know, keeping your roster together as much as, as much as you can while adding on someone like this. And if I'm, if I'm the Kings as well, I probably take a, you know, let's, let's test the temperature on a guy like Mitchell Robinson. Cause I think Mm. netting Mm. a center 
that could play heavy minutes, that could be my starter and anchor down my middle. That's like Mitchell Robinson is probably one of the only guys that might be available. Or even like a Yaka Perk. Sure. Like getting yeah. getting a center that yeah. can bang down low, that can do the dirty work and fit in with the rest of the scheme in my offense. And most importantly, with Fox and Sabonis, my two, my two top mm-hmm. guns. So I don't right. even think it has to necessarily be a star on one of these names. I think it just has to just be. Just a good, a really good complimentary player to put in the starting lineup. Exactly. That really complements everyone well. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I'm like looking through the teams and trying to like find someone that like maybe you could do that. But yeah, I, I think for sure, like the Raptors guys, I mean, Pascal and OG, I feel like have been in trade rumors and trade talks for, for years now. Yeah. I think it would make sense if the Kings were aggressive in getting one of them. I, I feel like now, now would be the time for Toronto to kind of, start that process of shaking things up and, and getting some picks and some young guys back. So we'll see what happens. But I do think one thing we can't confirm though, or at least the closest thing to confirming is that Zach Levine probably will be finding a new home uh, before the deadline. I think, I think a few guys in Chicago will be finding new homes before Man, the deadline. Get rid of them. I, I agree. I agree. I, I I think Levine's gone. I think Caruso's gone. I, I think uh, Nikola Vucevic. DeRo- yeah, I think it's there. The end is the end is near for Chicago. Let's put it make that it, way. Make it a Black Friday sale, man. Like it's <laughs> it's over, man. Like I, I don't, don't want to see anything else about the Bulls thing, and then they could compete for a playoff spot, or even mm-hmm. let alone compete for a title. It is over. You went They're two not years g- or so with Levine and Vucevic and DeRozan now, where it's just kind of like. They're going to be a bottom-feeding team in the East that is playing in the play-in and not the playoff year after year. Uh-huh. It doesn't work. And le- I'm, So I'm looking at this. So, like, DeMar DeRozan is a free agent after this year. Either DeMar DeRozan, either the Bulls, like, are like, we're going to send you somewhere or, like, you can compete, whatever. Or if I'm DeMar DeRozan, if that's not a possibility – Trade tell like trade everyone. Demar Derozan left there on his own. Go off, average like thirty a game for the rest of the season. Make the Bulls your team, and then leave in free agency. Have some fun. I mean, for for that for that logic, that could make for an awesome payday for Demar. Yeah, DeRozan. yeah, it would. It, really, it would. It would too. So, and he'd have freedom of picking wherever he wants to go in free agency. He, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hey, if, if the ship's going down, at least uh, drop some buckets. Average man. thirty while it's going down. I don't know, man. But Demar Derozan. Is- <laughs> I don't think he's that. He's yeah. not that type of guy. I think he he yeah. definitely would. He's definitely going to get shipped it's, off. It's but it would be funny. Twilight years of my career. I mean, it would be cool to go down averaging thirty with Chicago, the team that Mike played for, and I, he'll probably end up sure. being the first person since Mike to since have a Mike thirty point season. But, yeah, for sure. But you know, I don't I don't think that matters. Like I'm trying to get a chip. I'm thirty five. At this point at this point in his career, yeah, he should be uh, focusing on trying to win yeah. a championship. And Chicago was not the place to do it. No unfortunately. No, no, no. Like I'm sick of I'm just sick <laughs> of them now. Like they they're as bad as the Charlotte Hornets. Like it's no. We're good. Char- Charlotte ain't Charlotte ain't uh, looking too hot right now, huh? Injuries got man. some uh, injuries. injuries. Bad injuries. Bad injuries. Well, let's move on. Let's talk about this in-season tournament, Jerry, huh? Let's talk more about uh, the some developments in the in-season tournament. So uh, after 
another few weeks of games and stuff like that. We have eight remaining teams in the in-season tournament. Um, and now these games like quarterfinals, I think it's like elimination games. Like I, I, I think the, um, I don't know what the, if it's just like winning now you have to win out or you have to, I know there's like a score a differential thing. It's, it's single elimination now. Okay. Yeah. I'm still, listen, I'm still, I'm still figuring this whole thing out, I got you. but That's so this, thank you. I appreciate it. So we have eight teams left. We have the Lakers, the Suns, Pelicans, Kings, in the West, and then we have the Bucks, Knicks, Pacers, Celtics in the East. Um, yeah, so that's who we got left in each conference. Um, do you the East? I think makes that's like a good bunch. Like that's a good, I think, four teams to have in there. Like your top two Bucks, Celtics, and like two grinding teams, hard nosed teams, Pacers, Knicks, and then you got Lakers, Suns in the other conference, Pelicans with Ingram and Zion, and then and then the Kings, who we just talked about. So. What have you thought about, you know, the tournament so far? Do you like what you see, like the, the concept around it? I do. Have you felt like more excited to watch these games? Do these games feel different to you? Do you know what I mean? I mean, the game has definitely felt different because, I mean, we got, you know, with your Celtics to hack a drumming in the last. Yeah, like, uh, up, up 30. Yeah, it's like, oh, Joe Mazzula had to give give Billy Donovan a whole paragraph about why we're doing this because of the point differential like and that yeah said, mm-hmm. i kind of hate it like yeah in- intentionally just going for last shots with three seconds left on the game because hey if we win by 13 we could we have the point differential we have the one seed or we have home court advantage right. mm-hmm. at the start of this tournament like it's in that regard i agree with some of the players and how they feel about it like it's kind of bullshit about how mm-hmm. it is impacting the game and you know those unwritten rules are being unraveled and they're being thrown out the window yeah yeah it's kind of like and I, like I I get and I'm with that and a lot of people on Twitter I've or X excuse me have been saying like oh you'd hate soccer and stuff like that because that's how yeah. soccer is like they do like goal differentials and stuff but like it's yeah. it's a little different like in goal like in soccer like you're scoring just like a handful of goals in the NBA we're putting up a hundred something points a game so it's like a, right. the, the the differential is a lot bigger in the NBA and like the points is a yeah. lot. It's a whole lot different, but I, I understand. That's exactly where the NBA got this idea, right? To mm-hmm. have point differentials yeah. and all this good stuff. It's from overseas in Europe with the soccer team. So, I mean, yep. I, I understand that logic. And I think I, I could just appreciate more than anything for Adam Silver to try and to integrate different sports into the NBA culture. So, it's pretty cool, I guess, in that regard. Mm-hmm. But in terms of getting me more excited or hyped to watch these games, eh. I mean, it's basketball, so I'll be tuned in. Anyway, yeah, so it's cool. I guess. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Basketball's basketball. Like I'm excited for every game. It really has. I feel like maybe like once we get to like the like the actual like last few games, like we're, when we're in Vegas, then it will be a little different. Like I'll be like, oh yeah. shit, like we're in neutral location. We're in Vegas. This is like the championship, whatever. Like that's like different. Super Bowl at that point, you know? Yeah, but it's not like. I'm watching the Celtics, whether it's a regular game or an in-season game. I'm not more inclined to watch the in-season game than the regular season game. And I I like, I respect, like you said, like trying to make it different, like integrating other sports, points differential. This is a brand new thing. We've talked about this. Like, how do we feel about the rewards? Like, do we, you know, we, we gave our two cents on that and stuff. And now, you know, the whole 
scoring concept and the whole concept of like, you know, how teams make it and how they, you know, move on with the whole points differential, this is going to be something that's going to be a topic of discussion. I think the NBA set a nice groundwork of, you know, like, all right, new tournament, this is what we have. They have improvements to make for sure. But I, I like the, I like the thought process behind it. Um, yeah. But I get why players can, are annoyed, and I to, I do think it the whole point differential thing is stupid. I like the idea of it. I just don't think it really works for the NBA. But you can find something similar to it that you can kind of implement that is like a point, not exactly a point differential, but something besides wins and losses that can, uh, you know, that can make a team make it into the next round or something like that. You know what I mean? There's there's always like some type of technicality in each sport that works as a tiebreaker, like for wrestling Mm -hmm. in college and in high school, if the score is tied up, the first person to have a, like a caution or a warning or whatever, like that's the team that loses. It's like, Oh, you have too many technicalities. So NBA, maybe it's like you have technical fouls during the end season tournament, or if you just want to count personal fouls in general, that's accumulated to make the game even cleaner and faster. Sure. Maybe that's an idea they can implement, but Mm-hmm. With the direction that yep. they decided going with point differential was a little, a little bit like you're up by thirty, but you know what? I need sixty a sixty point win to push us yeah. ahead of the Denver. Numbers. Right? Like I, I, I respect it. I like them trying to be different. I do, exactly. but it just doesn't work in this case. Which so like it's the first year. You, you, yeah, you learn you, and you improve for next. year. I think next year's in season tournament will one make a whole lot more sense and two um, flow better. But I, mean, I, you have to I like what they're doing. To you have to. Compete with the NFL and college football. Right, so, right. Like you said a few weeks ago, yeah. college football, them being its own, like on its own days and stuff like that. Yeah, like again, they're, it's a new thing. They're start, it's, it's starting good, but they have improvements to make, which I think oh, they, by the way, they get will rid do. of those fucking cords because I only liked like three of them. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like, so. <laughs> I actually, I don't mind the Celtics one. And I think the reason why I don't mind it is because it's better than some of the other ones. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's good, but it like looks good compared to some of these other courts. Like the Phoenix one, get out of here. Get, get that track. There is a, there's a video of Kevin Durant looking it over like before the first games. And he was like, he's like, oh, this is different. But yeah, I, I like this. You're lying, bro. They made you say that. Get the fuck out of here. You don't like playing on that shit. Let's be honest. Um, yeah, they definitely, definitely need to get rid of those. That's that's what just put like a look. Keep the trophy in the middle. That's fine. Yeah. Keep the trophy in the middle. You don't need to you don't need to change the color and all that bullshit. No, yeah. get out of here. Get out of here with that. Okay. Jerry, we got one last topic to wait, talk wait, about. Wait, wait. We got we to pick a winner. Oh, oh, that's right. That's right. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already moving on from the in-season you. tournament. You're already done with this shit. All right, Boston Celtics, next topic. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we have, I think the matchups are Celtics, Knicks, Bucks, Pace at home. I think that's what it is. And then I don't know what, they, what the matchups are in the West. Lakers, Lakers, Suns, Kings, Pelicans. Oh wow! Okay. Oh wow! That's gonna be um. All right. So that'll be electric. LeBron, and KD, uh, battling it out here. Um. I probably. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna say the Sacramento Kings are going to win the in season tournament. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go the Kings. Just. I'm gonna. I'm picking a different team. Lakers, Suns. You got two juggernauts. One of them. They're gonna. One of them's gonna knock the other out. I think the Kings are gonna clean up that mess 
Um, and then on the on the east, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it just comes down to the Celtics are a little banged up right now. Chris Stapps is hurt. Drew Holiday has been in and out of the lineup a little bit. Um, the Bucks, you know, they've been they've been good, but they've been a little consistent. With some games, Damian Lillard, you know, dropping some big games and then not having great shooting performances. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to go with the Kings. We've talked about them a lot this episode. I'm, I'm going to rock with them. No, yeah, not like I was actually thinking that's my that is going to be my pick to come out the west side mm-hmm. of the bracket, but uh, overall, I think I'm gonna rock with the Pacers, man. I mean, that's oh, like it, I like it. Extremely mm-hmm. high powered offensive team. That's you know we talked about OKC kind of making this turnaround. So are the Pacers, you know, like coming out of like mm-hmm. irrelevancy to now being a team to watch, a really fun team to watch, and they're putting up shout out Tyrese Halliburton, my boy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just looks good. It looks good. To, it's fun to watch. It looks good on paper. So. I'm gonna go it does look good on paper. The divine dimes and and those guys over there. <laughs> the divine dimes. You're really rocking with that nickname. Yeah, man. Watch a trend on Twitter one day, and you just gonna be like, wow. <laughs> my boy Jerry D came up with that one. Wow, I heard of that somewhere. I think I heard of that somewhere. All right, now we're moving on to the last topic. Which we're talking, this is a team that Jerry, like I would just like in my head, I imagine like this would be a great team to win the in-season tournament, but they did not make the final eight teams. Yes. The Orlando Magic, the Orlando Magic, they are, you want to talk about hot starts and teams that are coming out of irrelevancy. The Orlando Magic are 12 and five, 17 games into the season. They're third in the Eastern Conference, only behind the Boston Celtics and the Milwaukee Bucks, the two teams that everyone and their mother predicted would be the top two seeds in the Eastern Conference, the best two teams in the East. And they are second in defensive rating right now, uh, holding their opponents to 107 points per game. Now, I ask the question with um, the Thunder, and I'm going to ask you the same question. Is this a legit playoff team is this a do you see them sustaining this throughout the season as it goes on or are they just super hot right now because we've we've seen in years past i feel like the orlando magic is one of those teams that over the last few years starts hot they cool down eventually this year feels a little different to me at least so do you think that this is going to be sustainable or are they going to kind of cool off as the season goes on you know i think it's tricky because, like, when we think about what the East looks like, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely top-heavy. Like, definitely. they're sitting third in the East right now, but Philadelphia is better than them to me just because of Embiid and Maxi. Yep. And we're thinking about playoff matchups. I guess they could be the four seed at best at East. Like, right. I think they're good. Because right now you have Orlando at three. Then you have Philly, the Knicks, the Pacers to round out the top six. And then you have the Heat, Cavs, Nets, and Hawks as the playing teams right now. See, that's that's like stiff competition for the East. Like, like the I'm Cavs playing. are gonna the Cavs are gonna get moved back up, I think. They're not gonna be a play I think they're better than a play in team. They should definitely they should definitely be a playoff team to avoid yes, like 100%. playing in that play in tournament. But I Yep. I'm gonna go ahead and just say yes though, I think. I think the the expectations they had like two players ranked in the top fifty in Franz Wagner and Paulo Bancaro. Jonathan yep. Isaac is finally healthy. It seems like yep. ten years. They have they have a good bunch of like they have six guys averaging double figures for them right now. They have a solid 
group of guys. Um, yeah, it looks really. They good. do, they do, and they have, and they're a lot of them are young too. I mean, not comparing them, but like, you know, like similar to the Thunder in the sense of like they're young, but they're they're putting it together early on, early on in their careers. And th- this is what I can appreciate about the Orlando Magic. They hired Jamal Mosley a few years ago. They had terrible seasons. They mm-hmm. sucked. And they actually stuck with them because they understood that it was a young program, a young association, a young team in the association to where we can just go ahead, draft these guys to put around this coach to see if he's actually capable of something. And I'll mm-hmm. look. It takes time. You have to be patient. On a podcast – about them making the postseason. This <laughs> is how you run an NBA organization, guys. Yeah, I agree. Hire a coach after one year. Shout out to my boy Frank Reich here in Charlotte, and who got fired instantly after a one in ten start. Yeah, I understand they're terrible, but it's a young team. It mm-hmm. is a rebuild. This That's... is what you do in professional sports. You give mm-hmm. guys a chance. So I could applaud the Orlando Magic for actually going through with this thing, trusting the process a la Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. actually appreciating Jamal Mosley and letting him work with talented young guys and pieces. And the GM, shout out to them too. I don't know who it is. They did a fantastic <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I want to shake your hand. You did a yeah, great yeah, job yeah, with this team. Do, man. We could, we could fist bump. <laughs> I could take you to Dave and Buster's after this. That's like what I – oh, that's don't get me – don't uh, tempt me with a good time. I love Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it's like uh, – when you're at a restaurant and you get like a really good meal or something like that, it's like we're like bring the chef out here. Like I yeah. want to shake that man's hand. I don't yes. know who he is. I want to meet the guy who made me this fucking meal. Now I want to meet the guy that made this, that stuck with this Orlando Magic team that drafted these players, kept the coach because this is how you rebuild a team. Like you, like you, there's no, you can't be, you have to be patient for stuff like this. Um, you have to have patience because Rome wasn't built. Overnight, Rome wasn't built in one day. You have to draft these guys. You have to develop them. You have to find the the right pieces, the cornerstones. Like Paulo is a cornerstone. Franz Wagner is a cornerstone. And then you figure it out along the way. Cole Anthony, Mo Wagner, Jalen Suggs, Markel Fultz. I mean, he's averaging 11 a game. Wendell Carter, he's not even averaging double digits. But he's, you know, he's contributing 9 and 8, 9 and 9, actually. And then, again, Jonathan Isaac, first time he's been healthy in fucking, like, 15 years. You know what I mean? So it's like – and you got young guys. You got um, Jet Howard, who hasn't really been doing much, and then Anthony Black. So you have, like – the, all these guys I just mentioned are young. So you have young guys that are contributing now and guys that are going to get better. And, you know, maybe along the along the way, like same thing with the Thunder, you package some of these guys and you get a bona fide yeah. superstar if you want to. That's the that's what happens when you build up a team and you develop these players where you, you're in a position where you can keep them and keep the core or you can package some of them and get someone to lead the way. And then you become a like a solidified playoff team. But with all that being said, Jerry, I do believe that they are a right on the borderline of being like a playoff team and a play-in team. I see them being like that six seed, maybe seven seed, like right around there. But I do see them being like just straight up making the playoffs. But I could also see along the way, you know, things happen. Maybe they slip up a little bit, get into the play-in, but they're minimum absolute minimum like 910 right now 910 seat minimum i mean uh max max i mean yeah no like i like i'm right there with you i'm in agreement like 
again, the, just looking at the bottom feeding teams that are out east, like I don't, I think they're better than the Hawks. I think they're better than the Nets, and I think there's just right. They can line, and, They can probably match up well with the New York, even though New York's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. They can match up well with a team like that. So, yeah, like, I, I mean, I really like things, things will even out. Like you know, right now the Heat are you know ten and eight. You know they couldn't yeah. you know move up a little bit more. The Cavs, like we mentioned, you know even the Nets. Like they're these rankings. Obviously, it's we're not even twenty games in. Th- this is going to fluctuate. But I do expect us. I don't see the magic falling. I, I expect them to be right in the middle, right in the middle of the pack, and potentially a just straight up playoff team. So that's my thoughts on the magic. It'll be it'll be their first, you know, playoff appearance since teams were playing there in the bubble. So hey, everybody, mm. welcome to Disney yeah. World. Damn it! Like, hey, I'm- <laughs> oh, when was our last playoff appearance? Um, I believe they did make it in the bubble as like an eighth seed. Vucevic Did they? Oh, Vucevic. That's right. Yeah. No, that that's yeah. Oh yeah. Didn't they? They um they beat the Bucks the first game or something like that. Yes. I think yes. They upset them the first game and then I think they lost the next four. But yes, I do. I do remember. I do remember that. I can't believe I do remember that. Wow, that's crazy. Um, hey, you know. But what? all right. Isn't it crazy? Before we we close out here, it's just yeah. It's crazy how. I think we had to put more attention on some of these teams like this because, yes, big-time free agents want to go play in, in Chicago, Miami, in New York, or L.A., whatever. But I think they have to put the microscope on teams like Oklahoma City, teams like Orlando, that they got the right stuff. It's it's there. It's in the mix. Oh, they do. All it takes is a star, and this guy or this player or X player mm-hmm. could be the guy that puts them over the hump, and, hey, maybe they maybe they actually are championship contenders like that, Big time free agents. That's right. Check out these small that's right. teams, man. I think like this is what makes the NBA great too. Is like it, it's a not any given Sunday. It's any given game type of thing. Yes. Where like these teams, like there's just so much talent. Me and my friends talk about this all the time. There's so much talent in the NBA. You can't like take any team lightly. And it's like a team could put it together. Like maybe you know in, in one off season, but like a lot of these teams like can sneakily like you know go from being one of the worst teams in the league to being you know to being in a play in or a playoff team the next year because of like their development of the talent like the Thunder, the Kings, the Magic you're seeing now like you know I, I, that's what I love about the NBA is that every year there's always these teams that are just like coming out of being like mediocrity and like you know showing that you know they could be really good teams and you know like you said like it, it makes players and like fans want to pay attention to these smaller markets and make those smaller markets bigger so as the nba continues to grow we see kind of more of like and it's gotten better over the years of stars kind of spreading out and going to these smaller markets and going throughout the nba and stuff um so uh, i'm it, seeing teams like orlando thunder kings what i'm trying to get to is it's exciting for the nba seeing these um these younger teams compete um but all right yeah i think i think that's it i'm just looking at um uh, twitter seeing if we missed anything the nba did put out their updated rookie ladder uh and i'll just say this since we talked about this earlier chet is number one over wemby at number two and jordan hawkins who is becoming a regular on this podcast over the last few weeks uh coming in at number three so we uh the the rookie ladder is you know, Chet is holding his own right now against Wemby. So 
I think you got to respect we, it. We had him as a dark horse pick. I mean, like we did. Wimby, mm-hmm. Wimby doesn't have the thing locked up, man. I know that international experience is huge, but if we just need to look at history, right? Ben Simmons sat out a year, wins rookie of the year the next year. Blake Griffin sits out a year. Blake Griffin, wins yeah, wins the rookie of the year. So Chet sat on an NBA bench with all his teammates that are currently playing now. So yep. it's it's just like chemistry, like you know, man. If I was out there, like you know that whole. The whole stigma, like this will be happening, like you know, yeah, yeah. You get to put it into to it is, fruition. I like it. Yes, sir. Ooh. Yeah, so very exciting stuff we're seeing from Chet, and that seems like uh, seems like that's that. Do you have anything else you want to add, Jerry, before we close this out? Uh, nothing, man. I'm locked into college football all of a sudden now. You know, there's a lot of 12 and 0 teams and conference championship games coming up, so I'm just yeah. excited to see. If, if Alabama could actually sneak into the playoffs after taking that one L early on in the season. So mm. my mind's like all these other plays. Oh, shout out to Juju Watkins also, USC freshman for the girls team. Past Lisa Leslie in most 30-point games as a freshman. So like, my yeah. mind's everywhere. It's a great year for hoops. It's a great year for sports. A lot, man, just... a lot of sports going on right now. A lot of sports going on. Well, I uh, and uh, on my end, when it comes, I'm not. I haven't been following football, college football. I'm not too big of a college football guy, so I have nothing to add there. I did recently trade Justin Jefferson in my dynasty football league, so that's that's my big news in the football end. Mm-hmm. Breaking news, I know. Wow. Crazy. I had to. I had to do it. I had that's to do it. One hell of a deal. I hope you got a great return. I so I did. I got uh, Bijan Robinson, Zay Flowers. Uh, an early first round pick for the, this rookie class. So it should be like top four, top five at the, at the minimum. Um, and a third round pick next year for Justin Jefferson. And I already have Jamar Chase. So I have, okay. so I had both, I, like I needed, I needed a cornerstone young running back to go with my cornerstone young receiver. And Justin Jefferson, he's been hurt. God knows what the QB situation is going to look like moving forward for don't the for your vikings do not for your vikings i i don't i i don't know if dobbs or whoever the hell they're gonna throw in there but i can't trust it so i, I had to get rid of jefferson unfortunately not a bad idea i'm not i mean you got great return i did i i did i would i wouldn't have traded him if it wasn't a like a god justin jefferson's like the best guy you can have in fantasy besides a quarterback so I made sure I got a good deal out of it. Trust me. But that's it. I think one thing too we wanna we wanna announce before we you know close out and stuff. So usually with these podcasts, these videos, we also do the quiz game videos at the end. Uh, moving forward, we're just doing like just the topics and stuff as the main podcast. So we're gonna continue to do games and all that stuff, but we're just saving that for the short section of YouTube. So if you want to watch the games, all that stuff make sure to go to our shorts tab and watch. We have one new one every single day, at least one or two. So you can check them out there. Um, just, I feel like it would be, we, we've talked about this. It's just kind of like flows better, just kind of keeps it shorter and stuff like that. So you guys can kind of hear us talking about basketball and stuff and you can still watch us play games and stuff, but we move that over to just the shorts. So yeah. just want to let you guys know. Look, so if you, you want to keep... even at an hour, like, you know, we're, yeah, this we're is perfect. This is our shortest podcast by a fucking by two hours. Could you believe yeah. it? Um, so get to go in and wash your ass and do whatever you need to do. Why you listen to us in the shower? <laughs> you're taking a shit. You got to be at the gym. You do what you do. 
It's only 40 minutes of your time, baby. That's right. Yeah, I mean, those 40-minute shits. I mean, this is going to be the perfect podcast for you. So. <laughs> so just giving you guys there, I think each week we'll, when I, we close this out, I'll make sure to mention that so you can be reminded. But moving forward, this is just going to be the podcast, just NBA topics, no games, whatever, and the games and everything will be on the shorts. So check us out there and make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. We're we're all over the place. Follow us. Help us continue to grow. We appreciate you guys. We have grown a lot the last uh, month or so. Um, so we're very happy with where we are heading. Um, obviously, make sure to like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, check out all the other videos. Put in the comments. You know, Debate with us. Agree with us. Whatever you want to do, put it in the comments. Um, you can follow us on our social medias. I will be on the screen, Twitter, all that stuff. And I'll be in the description, the bio as well. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So until, uh, until episode 16, I think that's it. Peace. Peace out.